Comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Join us for It's Hot In Here, Mondays from 12 to 1. We've got all the environmental news and eclectic grooves you need to start your week off green. Mondays from 12 to 1, right here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Well, uh, good evening. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the news and media, uh, media talk show. My name is uh, Dick Whaley, our weekly show. Uh, Jim might be having trouble uh, finding a spot out there, or maybe there's a traffic snafu somewhere in, in Ann Arbor that I'm unaware of, because I'm expecting him, but... Uh, the show must go on, as they say. And it'll just give me an opportunity to uh, just have a comment or two about LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, of course, grew up in Ohio and was a long-suffering Cleveland Browns fan with all the heartbreak that that involved. Saw the Indians uh, fritter one away in uh, game, game seven back in the 97 World Series. That wasn't even one of their great teams. So, yeah, they've always made fun of Cleveland's heartache and the catch, the drive, you know, dating back to uh, the famous catch that Willie Mays made in 1954 on a ball that was hit about 450 feet. Some call it the greatest catch ever. But let me assure you, LeBron James in this uh, <laughs> seven-game series had some of the greatest NBA plays ever. And uh, he takes a lot of criticism I don't understand it. He's a model citizen, model father from all accounts, He's kept out of trouble, and has even made some uh, courageous political stands at various times. But uh, some of the plays he made uh, during the series, these uh, he looked like Spider-Man. <laughs> Just incredible athleticism. Uh, probably three of the most spectacular blocks you've ever seen in basketball history. Certainly one of the most spectacular dunks when he grabbed the ball that was outside the backboard, the parameters of the backboard, and slammed it home in game, I think, five. And he would have even ended last night's game on a spectacular dunk. But uh, Tremont Green uh, wouldn't let him. <laughs> Fouled him pretty viciously, but... Uh, what a comeback and what a performance by LeBron James when a player leads uh, all players in basically all the major statistics and creates the leadership and the intensity of LeBron James. I think that all of this debate about where he stands in the history of the NBA is it's nonsense. I mean, this is one of the top four players that's ever played. And he's not done. And yes, Golden State has a great team, but... Uh, you live by the three-point shot, you die by it. And Cleveland won this uh, series because they were able to score in the paint more often and they played better team defense. They started jamming the ball out high. 
and Golden State's three-point shooters just couldn't get it going. And believe it or not, it was actually the injury to Andrew Bogut that I think was the one of the decisive factors in why Cleveland won. You can call that a break, but guess what? Last year, LeBron had to play without Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, and this year Kevin Love got hurt viciously on a foul that wasn't even called in Game 2, and he essentially missed four games, even though one game he actually played, but you could tell he wasn't the same player. He suffered a concussion, so... Let's leave aside all of these uh, pseudo-jocks who are still going to criticize LeBron James and invent theories that he doesn't that he gets all these calls when, in fact, he's getting clobbered a lot of the time. And uh, celebrate what, what a magnificent uh, athlete this guy is. Basketball combines speed, quickness, power, grace, endurance. It's... In terms of being an all-around athlete, it's probably the most demanding professional game. And I think that the NBA has improved immensely in the last decade with the Europeanization and globalization of, of basketball. Basketball is now played globally almost as much as, quote, football, soccer. So um, I think it's a, a great thing for Cleveland to finally have that monkey off their back and Let's remember that basketball is also a team game. But Cleveland's role players did what they had to do to win some of these games. And Game 7, I don't know what the ratings were, but I suspect that it will be one of the all-time highest-ranked basketball-rated games um, in terms of attendance, even though it involved, quote, Oakland and Cleveland, the Bay Area. But that is San Francisco's team. So, uh, yeehaw. And I guess I defend Cleveland uh, like I sometimes defend Detroit. Detroit gets bad-mouthed in the national media all the time. When they do stories about Detroit, they always show the picture of the the old uh, train station down near Michigan Avenue that's probably got 20,000 windows broken in. <laughs> it's been sitting there as a carcass for... 40 years as a symbolic of the decline of the of the industrial so-called rust belt um and sometimes you got to you got to fight back against this uh media bias against the the rust belt uh the rust belt is what made the middle class in America if you go back and you check your history books these are where the union jobs were created you might even say that's where world war 2 was won World War II would not have been won without Detroit and Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, of course, played a big role in uh, the development of oil refining in the United States uh, as oil was discovered in Pennsylvania back in 1859, I believe, initially. And uh, I think it's good. I root for the, the Rust Belt cities in some of these sports where my team isn't in there. I root for the Packers when they're when they're in there, and I certainly root for the Detroit Red Wings. And, of course, Gordie Howe passed away recently. Yeah, talking about uh, legendary sports figures. Uh, you lose Muhammad Ali in one week, and then the, the day of his funeral, uh, the great Gordie Howe passes away. Uh, certainly not a political figure at all in any sense of the word, but uh, over a decades-long career of amazing accomplishments. Gretzky didn't break all of Gordie Howe's records. 
some of which will never be broken. I mean, the most games played 20 years in the top five in scoring. Yeah, Bobby Orr pointed that out in a in a little piece that I read in the Wall Street Journal. That'll never be paralleled. And he pointed out that that uh, that a player who scores in the top five is considered one of the best players that year. But to do it 20 years in a row, yeah, that's extraordinary. And, of course, that's the kind of player LeBron James is. Uh, this is the only non-Celtic that's been to six consecutive NBA finals with, with different casts of characters. And yet there's still criticism of this guy. It's unbelievable. And well, it, we live now in an era, you, you wonder if, if uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Michael Jordan, excuse me, were uh, at this point of his career where LeBron is, would Michael Jordan, who's now universally beloved as one of the greatest ever, sure, um, would he endure this sort of... Uh, I'm thinking about the uh, internet comment era that we live in where everybody who has an opinion uh, that's primarily a chance to uh, air negativity uh, gets to throw their two cents into the pot on the internet comment section. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, would Michael Jordan have been as heavily criticized during their multiple runs? An uh, uninformed opinion is is one of the worst yeah, aspects exactly. of social media. Where, where you you wonder Everyone's where entitled to their opinion, but just how well supported is it? Well, that's that's a paraphrase of Daniel Patrick Moynihan's famous comment that everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but not entitled to their own facts. And of course, this is uh, incredibly. Uh, omnipresent in in our political debate what a remarkable week of all of uh, the things that went on in this past week we have a labor member of parliament simply meeting her constituents and is assassinated by a wacko uh brexit type who sort of said long live england uh, simply because she's an opponent of brexit and was a rising star in the party um, and, of course, gun violence in, in Great Britain is exceedingly rare. But this guy clearly has some uh, connections to right-wing American hate groups. And then, of course, we have the the usual nonsense from Donald Trump all week. Uh, this guy <laughs> has gone from bad to worse. Uh, he's had a bad couple of weeks. He's had a bad month. Uh, there used to be a famous... Well, they're going, they're going backwards, actually. Yeah, and of course, his campaign manager apparently was fired today. Uh, I don't think that's going to help Donald Trump's problems because his problems is he has no brain. <laughs> He's all mouth. He's uh, constantly yakking, and the more he talks, the more votes he loses. He won't shut up, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And when you see a proposal as ludicrous as... His uh, claim that he's going to ban uh, Muslims from countries that are, quote, proven to be involved in terrorism. And then you look at the 11 countries that are on that list. Well, that's uh, half the the Muslim world right there. And I'd like to point out to Mr. Trump that it, it it's been America's involvement in these countries that have contributed to the terrorism. So you begin to wonder... Well, if uh, yeah, no 1953 uh, CIA coup that overthrows the uh, popularly elected uh, Mossadegh for the Shah, no 1979 Islamic Revolution. 
Right. And, of course, no invasion of Iraq, no ISIS, ISIS, ISIL, Daesh, whatever you want to call them. ISIL is essentially the, the remnants of al-Qaeda in Iraq. And I don't understand why people in America don't can't follow the facts on this. Uh, by the way, losing more territory. Uh, they lost central Fallujah last week to the Iraqi army. Uh, I don't believe, by the way, that this moron, who in my opinion committed a homophobic hate crime in Orlando, has much to do with terrorism. And I find it ridiculous that our country is having a debate about whether or not the phrase radical Islam is going to be used to describe the events in Orlando, when it's quite clear that this uh, deranged person, uh, who, by the way, uh, was able to buy a military-style weapon right. and will be able to buy one tomorrow. The Senate is having votes today, but uh, right, they're speaking nothing's, as, nothing's uh, going to pass. Right. In fact, uh, Susan Collins of Maine, one of the most moderate Republicans, uh, is uh, putting forward a measure that would prevent some terrorism suspects from purchasing weapons. Uh, that's the best they can do. Because, well, some people are put on this list unfairly, the NRA uh, complains. And their constitutional rights are therefore inhibited. And so uh, nobody should have this uh, protection. I mean, that that makes no sense whatsoever. Well, none if of their arguments. terrorism yeah. list then you should not have a weapon. Whether you're on that list wrongfully or not, however you get off of it is a separate matter. But I would rather that they erred on the side, of, on the side of, caution. of caution. I would rather there be a list with incorrect names on it rather than a, a, a list that doesn't have the right names on it or insufficient names. Now, this man who uh, obtained this gun, uh, these weapons, uh, in the last couple of weeks, what is so unreasonable about a waiting period? Um, to do the uh, sufficient background checks on everybody. Because in my opinion, one of the members of the Brady uh, organization many, many months ago, after the San Bernardino events, mm -hmm. in which nothing happened, the, the Republicans in Congress are protecting terrorists. That's their argument. That's essentially the, the gist of this, yeah. On the grounds that their Second Amendment rights are more important than the safety of Americans and that military weapons should be somehow legal in the United States as part of the rubric of the poorly worded Second Amendment. Well, uh, <laughs> but, you know, for one second, the, uh, the poorly worded nature of the uh, Second Amendment is merely ambiguous and, and what we need there is clarity on that but of course the whole idea of a well-regulated militia is a construct that everybody comes with their own sense of what it is uh but it's interesting to note that the supreme court has uh declined to hear a case an appeal uh from the uh, gun manufacturers who are being sued in connecticut uh over the uh, automatics weapon uh not a sportsman's weapon uh, in the uh, class action suit, survivors of the uh, school children shooting. In, uh, yeah, and just a couple of weeks ago, by the way, the, uh, the, I think it was the Ninth uh, Circuit, the, the one that covers western states, has upheld the right of California cities to ban assault rifles. Mm -hmm. 
So we're not even talking here about questionable issues involving constitutionality. By the way, because the Supreme Court has a vacancy on the Supreme Court, this, this ruling will probably stand for at least two more years. Thank you, Mitch McConnell, for not doing your job. Uh, I mean, I guess you got to give McConnell uh, at least some minor credit for at least allowing a vote on these mm. gun bills that, of course, aren't going to pass. Um, so, uh, you know, it's and of course, this allows the weasels in the House not to vote. Their excuse can be, well, we don't have a Senate bill. Let's not even hear this. So we won't schedule one. Our members have to run for re-election. There seems to have been a, a change in the public opinion. and well, Very much so. Even among Republicans, uh, polls taken over this last week, even among Republicans, 60% are favoring stricter gun controls. And uh, obviously... Um, you know, when Donald Trump starts the week out by congratulating himself and then making the statement that the president is more angry at me than he is the shooter. Man, this guy, he needs to. Somebody needs to smack that Tweety box out of his hands and not let him send those messages. <laughs> Apparently, it's his family who have uh, twisted his arm because he listens to no one. Um, so it must have been a heated discussion around the old uh, family dinner table, uh, such as that might be at uh, Trump Manor, um, urging dear old dad to get rid of this campaign manager. But that's not really going to do anything because the biggest problem is himself, uh, as we've noted over and over again. Well, yeah, and the thing that's that's funny is the Trump uh, apartment in, in New York is decorated a la Versailles. I think that says it all. It, it actually has the, 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 the imitation recreation of Louis XIV. The, I am the state. Right, yeah. Uh, was his famous uh, statement. Um, and he had... Quite a wig, <laughs> uh, and, just uh, just just like Donald Trump does. Of serious digestive uh, complaints as well. But, uh, Numerous mis- mistresses, and uh, yeah, the ostentatiousness of Versailles, which of course is the uh, where the World War One treaty was was signed. Um, treaty of Versailles, for your historian buffs, that was built by Louis the Fourteenth as a kind of a second home <laughs> i mean and and well it was actually a place where he would have elaborate balls yeah. and parties inviting all the landed the gentry uh, whom he didn't trust so he wanted to keep them with him uh, at party central uh and and not plotting against him out on their country manners that's that's what louis the 14th was doing and again that is the trump model it is the trump model and i think that's what the trump presidency will Unfortunately, if it if it should amazingly happen, and I I, I don't see how it's going to at this point. Barring there's a lot of people who are nervous and anxious. Oh, there's a lot of stupid people out there. It could happen. It could happen. I don't see it happening. In fact, I'm beginning to wonder. If, there's an, an article in Esquire last week. Does Trump really want to be president? Because it doesn't seem like it. 
and that seems to make more and more sense to me. Yeah. There's, there's very little about this campaign that has anything like seriousness about it. Well, the thing that's bizarre, and of course, you know, this this firing of the campaign manager today is sort of an inside baseball problem for Trump, uh, rumors being that uh, the new professionals that Trump had brought on board were clashing with uh, Corey Lewandowski. I think that's his name. He assures the public, by the way, that he will be at the convention as a member of the New Hampshire delegation supporting Donald Trump. I take him at his word there. But uh, Trump, I I think the real problem with Trump is I don't think he thinks these are mistakes. He just yeah. he just thinks, oh, I've brought in all these new voters. Um, and I'd like to point out to Mr. Trump politically, the, re- the only reason the turnout went way up amongst the Republicans, quite frankly, was the race went on a little longer than normal. Uh, you got to remember in the last two uh, presidential, you know, the McCain, Romney, and even the Bush re-elections, uh, Bush re-election in 2004, there really weren't prolonged contests there. Uh, Mitt Romney r- wrapped it up pretty early in 2012. Yes, Santorum hung around for a while, but he wasn't winning anything except a few of the uh, states in the old Confederacy, and he was no serious threat to Mitt Romney, uh, both in terms of collecting delegates or in terms of his agenda for America. Uh, And witness how well Rick Santorum did in this last. (laughs) Yeehaw. Uh, He never even made it onto the main stage. He wasn't even in the top 10 candidates. So if he was a serious contender in 2012, why is he... In in uh, in the shack, so to speak, in 2016. Well, he remains in the shack. And uh, then we have this bizarre uh, leak from the State Department where 41 or 51 members of the uh, State Department are protesting that Obama is not bombing Assad in Syria. He's more interested in getting rid of ISIL than, than he is Assad and that we can't have peace in Syria until Assad is overthrown. Well, I would suggest that the problem in Syria is that, and of course the problem in Syria is connected to the the Brexit problem in Britain, the immigration problem in, in Europe. The reason the European Union is sort of in, in crisis, there's obviously a number of big issues. One is the, is the economic uh, crisis of 2008. But this immigration migration problem is directly connected to the wars in Afghanistan, the wars in Iraq, and the war in Syria. And why the United States would want to not focus on ISIS first, because I think they are the uh, the real threat. That is the remnants of al-Qaeda. I just think that these State Department people are cuckoo. And yes, I understand that the State Department has a mechanism for people to protest official policy, but this strikes me as almost a a rump organization that's probably secretly supporting Donald Trump. Or Likud. Who knows? Um, The Syrian civil war is, is, uh, you know, the biggest international mess perhaps of the 21st century, as it's turned out, in terms of the number of internally displaced people, 
the refugees uh, that it's created, the problems that are uh, growing in Jordan, Turkey, uh, Lebanon, some of these countries, nominally allies of the United States. Um, and, and let's face facts, ISIL is deteriorating. They're losing ground. Uh, Mosul will probably be the next major city, and then after that, I think the only, quote, town they hold is Raqqa, and then they own some sand between uh, the Iraqi border and Raqqa. It's not a state. It's, it's, a, it's a big nothingness. And, of course, they keep orchestrating suicide bombings in Iraq, so that's what that's all about. Uh, so how you bomb uh, Assad at this point, his, his positions to force him to the negotiating table, look, he, he, he's going to go down with the ship like, uh, like Hitler and, and Saddam Hussein. I, I, I doubt there's going to be any negotiations because his position is I'm not negotiating with people right. that are trying to overthrow my government. No matter what you say. So if you're not willing to put a serious commitment of ground troops into Syria, and Obama, fortunately for the United States, has opposed that position from the get-go, he knows it's a disaster, and he knows that trying to occupy Iraq was the biggest blunder in American history. Thank you, George W. Bush, for uh, knowing who the Prime Minister of Pakistan was in 2000. <laughs> and uh, it's... Uh, I don't know if Donald Trump is going to convert to the Muslim faith, but he might. I bet he's going to start praying five times a day because they found the black box. They found the communication uh, device in the, in the uh, air disaster right. in the Mediterranean. Remember that he was the one that was hyping terrorism right off the bat. Anybody who doesn't think this plane wasn't blown out of the sky is 100% wrong. Well, we're going to soon find out. <laughs> well, I think it's emerged pretty uh, clearly as well that the uh, last-minute social media posts by the shooter in Orlando uh, regarding conflicting uh, allegiances to various Middle Eastern groups as a sort of a last-ditch attempt to, you know, oh, I better say something like this so people don't think I'm a repressed, you know, homosexual myself who's gone out on a hate rage. Right. Which is pretty clearly what this was. Um, or a man with a, with a steroid problem. I mean, this part of this erratic behavior could have been connected to his obsession with bodybuilding and steroids and this sort of strange uh, male psychosis that's uh, all too prevalent in the United States in, in, in so many areas. But, I mean, clearly this guy's background, uh, you know, how on earth can this guy be working <laughs> uh, for a security agency? <laughs> Well, yeah, that that particular agency is <laughs> taking a major uh, image hit, uh, as you would uh, think is pretty rightly deserved. But uh... and of course, today, you know, the FBI released quote redacted uh, phone conversations. They got a barrage of criticism from congressional leaders in Congress, 
I don't know what Trump had to say on the subject. He's probably still soaking his head from firing Corey Lewandowski. But uh, <clears throat> the, the FBI said, OK, well, I, we, we're not going to listen to this criticism. Here's the whole thing. So by the end of the day, the rumor is the whole thing is going to be released because they were holding back on some of the uh, information, quote, based on privacy. And I would also just want to reiterate that I, I still maintain that some of the people uh, murdered in Orlando were not gay, that these these were just young well, people this out is, this is just, having fun on a exactly. Saturday night. It, I don't think anybody except maybe the shooter would make the assumption that they were. And, of course, it doesn't matter because sure. they're innocent victims. They're just good Americans like yourself who are going out for a fun night on a Saturday night. Uh the idea of, of the single-minded, you know, hater shooter that this is what I'm going to target um, is, of course, a twisted and distorted image. Um, these are just good Americans out for a fun time and uh, wrong place, wrong time. By the way, last week in the middle of the show, somebody did call up and was asking about stabbings in the United oh, right. States. I, I did go back and check this out. Although I don't have any updated yeah, data right here. on that. I just wanted to, if the listener is listening out there, in 1987, there were 36,000, uh, quote, knives and cutting objects uh, used uh, to kill people. To put that in context, uh, there were about 1,165 deaths from called hands, fists, and feet. You know, personal injuries where somebody's like Fighting in a and kicking, like a fist fight, uh, martial arts, whatever you want to call it. And from 87 onward, the numbers went steadily down. I mentioned this, of course, and I will we'll talk about this more next week because the data about this is fascinating uh, regarding handgun uh, and firearms deaths in the United States. Uh, there was an assault rifle ban passed in 1994 during the presidency of Bill Clinton. It was allowed to expire under the Bush administration and Republican-controlled Congress. And guess what the data shows? The number of firearms deaths steadily went down after the ban on assault rifles. This AK-15, or whatever it's called, Bushmaster, wacky moly gun, or whatever the hell it's called, uh, would not have been allowed to be purchased by uh, Mr. Moron in Orlando, uh, but uh, they didn't renew the ban on assault rifles back in 2004. So I'll have more information about these firearm deaths. Do not be confused about declining rates. Yes, rates have gone down, but that's because the American population went way up, thanks to illegal immigration. So... Uh, Fascinating stuff. I just wanted to show that the stabbings started to decline uh, in America as crime, violent crime in general, by rate declined. And crime started to go down. Uh, well, this isn't convenient to let you know about this, but Ronald Reagan, there was a big crime epidemic in the 1980s. Uh we had the crack epidemic, and we had lots of urban violence. Yeah, Washington, D.C. itself was very crime-ridden in the Reagan era. Connected to crime 
and the associated problems with uh, both narcotics and homelessness, crack cocaine, crack cocaine, and that sort of thing. And it is important to acknowledge that most people die from handguns. They don't die from the assault rifles. But the mass shootings are not perpetrated with six shooters. Right. It ain't 